This is episode 339, Scared to Jump Back into the Dating Scene with Christine. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you for being here. Well, we're into March. I heard from one of my friends who is super into astrology, does astrology reading, knows all that, that March and April are really supposed to be some positive astrological months, which is great. I think we all could use some some positive momentum. And I'm happy that I'll be giving birth in the month of March. I'm at 38 weeks now. I probably sound very breathy because there's not a lot of space. There's not a lot of space when you get to the end of pregnancy, but just awaiting this little one's arrival. And while I'm on maternity leave, I want you to know that I have fresh episodes for you. So I've been busy recording a bunch of episodes. So you will get new coaching calls on my maternity leave and then coaches corners will be either an encore of a previous episode. I mean, I've done 340, so there's probably some good ones you've missed, or we're going to air interviews that I've done on other people's shows. So encourage you keep, keep coming to the podcast, keep downloading the shows, keep leaving your ratings and reviews. It means so much to me. This podcast is, is my baby in so many ways as well. It's one of my most favorite things that I do. And taking maternity leave is a big step for me. I, I haven't taken time off work since I was, since my first job at 16. I've always worked. I've always had a job. I've never really taken that amount of time off and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to being with our daughter and having that time for myself. And I will stay connected to all of you through the podcast, which is why I recorded all those shows. So please keep listening. Please keep sharing the show. And I'm looking forward to sharing a lot of my birth story. I'm also going to be sharing an episode on fertility and pregnancy. I'm also going to be sharing an episode on pregnancy, just a lot of the things that I've learned along the way. So those will all be coming out as coaches corners after the baby girl comes as well. So if you're interested in any of that, encourage you to tune into those as well. So today's episode, even if you are not going back in the dating world, I think you'll really appreciate today's episode because we talk about protective patterns and how much protective patterns create resistance in us. And we think that the resistance is why we're not doing something, but it's really the protective pattern that might've sounded like it made no sense, (laughs) but it will make sense after you listen to this episode. So as you are listening, consider, have you had a loss in your life? And because of that, you're a little more dubious, like a little more hesitant to go out and try anything again because you don't want another loss. Do you ever judge yourself as having too much baggage, especially if you're single, you have too much baggage, no one's going to want you. Are you scared of losing, losing a person, losing a dream? Does the fear of loss really prevent you from going after your dreams? And finally, is there a judgment you're holding against yourself that you truly haven't forgiven yourself for that's creating a huge block in your life? 
So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Christine. Christine, welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, Christine. Thank you for having me on the show. I would like to start dating again and find a, a serious romantic partner. The last relationship, actually the only relationship that I've had in my life was with my husband. Um, we were together in our 20s until he passed away. Mm. It's been seven years. So we were both just 28 at the time when he died. And I've been ready to date again for about three years. But I haven't I feel like I haven't been taking it very seriously. And with time, I've been having more and more trouble um, contacting people, putting myself out there. At first, you know, I had very reasonable excuses for it. Like I was going to start a new job. I was going to move. um, And then the pandemic happened. But now I really don't have any more excuses. Mm. And yet I'm finding it very hard, like on an app. You know, I'll have a glass of wine, I'll open the app, mm-hmm. I'll flip through some profiles, and then I'll just delete the app or or ignore it. Mm-hmm. What's and the feeling that comes up? It's a sort of paralysis. Like, I'll not know what to say. I'll feel n- not quite anxious, mm-hmm. but like I can't make a move. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, and I understand that. Um, so I'm sure you've reflected on this and thought about it. What does your, your inner knowing, your spidey sense say in terms of why this may be challenging for you? Well, I've been telling myself that it's because the apps seem very focused on hookups and the people who I have gone out with don't seem like they want commitment or they, they, they're not very open. They're not as emotionally open as I am. So it has felt like, like I've been feeling okay on my own. I don't hate being single. I don't feel desperate or anything. So then I've been thinking, well, it's, it's not worth my time. But mm-hmm. lately I've been wondering if maybe I just don't think anybody will want to take on my baggage. Like I, Mm. I start thinking, well, what's the conversation going to be like when I say I'm widowed Mm -hmm. and I'm only 35. And then Mm -hmm. what if they ask me how, and what if, and then what if they ask me about my whole history and I've had depression and anxiety. And I think this is too much for anybody who is in their mid thirties. Well, That's an interesting thought. I don't think it's necessarily true, but I appreciate the thought. So let's, let's answer some of the what ifs. So what if they ask you about your relationship past and you share your widowed? Mm -hmm. What if? Answer. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that they will think I'm too damaged and not worth, not worth. Do you think you're too damaged? Usually I don't, mm-hmm. but sometimes I wonder. Mm. And what would make you too damaged? Like how would you evaluate being too damaged? Well, I think when you're widowed and well, when you lose anyone that you're extremely close to, you never 
stop grieving. So yeah. even though I've been to therapy and everything, and you understand it, it's just, you, you're never going to stop missing that person. So right. I still have moments when I'm upset, when I cry about it. So I think someone might find that to be too much. Okay. So before you get to the on top of that, to me, you still loving your husband who passed away and you still missing him at times demonstrates how much you love. You still grieving Mm -hmm. him doesn't mean you're still hung up on him and you don't have room in your heart. Is there like a capacity we have for love? Do, do we all have a quota? And like, once we love this much, there's no more room. No, no. No, And I, I definitely know that myself. I don't know why I worry that other people. Well, I think it's more of a protective mechanism. I think you've created a story in your head because you're afraid of, I mean, losing your husband at a young age, and I'm guessing kind of unexpectedly, is a Mm -hmm. big trauma. And -hmm. there's probably a part of you that really wants love, but is scared to death of it. Yes. So I think this kind of whole, and I'm not dismissing anything you're saying, it all makes sense. And I completely validate and acknowledge your concerns. And- it feels to me that this is a, there's just some, there's a massive fear of loss. And so it's kind of easier to construct all these stories in your head and all these reasons as to why you can't have love and dating is hard or, or whatever. You don't want to do it or you have too much baggage or someone's going to be scared away. And that, that kind of keeps you out of really ever having to open your heart again and potentially losing again. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you experienced a huge loss and you're about to go in, you know, and, and dating and potentially getting married again, it's like the same category. It wasn't like your grandmother died and now you're trying to date, you know, it's your husband died, the person you love died. And now you're trying to date and it's like, okay, am I trying to replace him? Is this going to be the same? Am I going to lose again? There's, there's a lot wrapped up in this. So Again, while I appreciate your concerns, I feel deeply in my heart that that any man worth being with is going to understand that and see your capacity to love and have compassion for you. And the only block would be if you keep your heart protected, then it's like you can't let somebody else fully in. And then they will feel like they're trying to replace someone. They will feel like you're grieving too much your husband. And it it will Mm -hmm. feel like a block. But it's not because of them thinking you have a lot of baggage. It's because of you wanting to protect yourself. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And in particular because my husband took his own life. Mm. And I think that what you're saying makes it really, really hits home because that in and of itself is a very particular type of loss. Yes. Yes. And and I've been really afraid of telling people that I'm dating that, um, wondering, you know, what will they make of that? And now I'm realizing that actually it, it is a deep, deep fear that not only will I lose someone, but that they'll choose to leave me in that way again. Yeah. 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 I hear you. I hear you. And is there any part of you, Christine, that 
in any way, shape, or form blamed yourself or think you could have done something or thought you could have helped it? Are you holding on to any of that? Sometimes I, I do still. I think you know, sometimes I have those moments where I think that I should or could have done something, but I did work through that intensely in, in therapy right away um, after it happened. So it doesn't you know, haunt me anymore. I wonder if other people would blame me or, you know. How would other people blame you? If they thought that I should have known because we were you know, so close, we were married, and I, I should have realized. That still sounds like a little of your own judgment. Yeah. yeah. If you had truly forgiven yourself, I don't think you'd be worried so much about other people judging you. So yeah. there's grief, there's shame, there's judgment. There's a lot wrapped up in here. And even though it's been seven years, there's a lot that's still fresh. And I can see the grieving that you've done and I can acknowledge the progress that you've made. But it seems like opening back up to dating has just, and this is what happens when we get to another layer of things, right? It's, it's opened up a deeper next layer of, of self-judgment that you're in right now mm-hmm. and fear of loss. Again, I just so apologize for your loss because to lose someone is hard enough, but to lose them to suicide is, oh, it's a trauma on a whole another scale. So you've been through a lot at a young age, a lot. Mm-hmm. And how long were you with your husband? We were married for five years. Kind of as you were coming of age, you know, as you were becoming an adult. So it's mm-hmm. a super significant time in your life as well. So again, like, I don't think this is a behavioral shift. Like you need to do some fancy meditation or listen to some song or, you know, have a certain kind of wine before you swipe. Um, I I don't think it's that. I don't sense it's that. I feel there's just a lot of protective behavior, protecting yourself on, on losing again and protecting yourself from being judged. It's a, it's a vulnerable thing to share. You know, I'm a widow. Oh, how'd your husband die? Oh, he took his own life. And of course, that's going to bring up some questions for someone. And Christine, with, with the person you'd want to be with, they would have compassion for that. They would have understanding for that. They wouldn't look at you like you have this scarlet letter on your chest or that you're damaged goods or anything like that. They'd look at you with compassion and see you as someone who has been through it. You know, we just had our graduation call for our Be the Queen course. And the last call, we bring men in and we have men share vulnerably about what they're looking for and what they find attractive. And we had, I don't know, 20 men, different ages, different ethnicities. Some were single, some weren't. And one of the resounding things that they said, because these are men doing their work, conscious men, but still manly man was, you know, I want a woman with, who's walked the path, who's, who has some grit, who's been on her knees, you know, has had a dark night of the soul or two, because I want to know she can, you know, go there and get to the other side of it. And so 
you have a lot of depth and I'm sure a lot of wisdom you've learned through this experience and it's matured you beyond most 35 year olds. And because you're looking at yourself with so much judgment, because it kind of helps you protect yourself, right? The judgment is serving a purpose. You're not seeing how this has shaped you and how this has deepened you and how this has made you even more capable of love. Mm -hmm. Like you've been through a lot. Yeah. And I know that it's made me, that I've, that I have become so much stronger. And usually I can see that like in every other area of my life, how resilient I've become and how much more compassionate I am and empathetic. It's just been in, in the romantic area that I, I've just been so blind to, to what's really been going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a lot, it's a lot to look at. It's a lot to see. It's a lot to confront our fear of loss and try again, you know, and I'm in no way, shape or form comparing me to you right now because it's, it's completely different. I'm just relating, remembering my divorce and my, as I called it, failed marriage. I don't call it that anymore, but I was so full of self-judgment. I did call it that. And I, as much as I said, I wanted to date, it was crickets in my dating life because there was a part of me that was protecting. I didn't want to fail again. I felt so much shame, especially because I was a life coach. I'd written two books. You know, I had gone on and on about how I found the love of my life after my fiance broke up with me. And then boom, I'm getting a divorce like less than five years later. And I had to confront that part of me that was so afraid, that wanted love, but was so afraid that I was going to fail again or choose wrong again or be hurt again that no one was coming in because my desire to protect myself was stronger energetically than my desire to open up to love again. And I feel that from you, Christine, that your desire to protect yourself from judgment and from loss, which probably we could trace back to childhood too, as two themes that were really painful for you, that energetically, emotionally, subconsciously is stronger than your desire to open up, date, meet someone new, let someone new in. Does that resonate with you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the opportunity here and, you know, grief is like you said, that's your wisdom speaking. Grief is one of those things that it never really goes away because the love never really goes away, but it shifts and it moves and it has waves in it. And one of the waves that you're riding right now is that, that fear of it happening again, the fear, and this is so common in grief, the fear of the shoe's going to drop again. The rug is going to get pulled out from under me again. If I love, if I open my heart. So it's this balance of we're feeling the love while we're grieving, but we're also protecting ourselves from any more love coming in because we don't want to lose more love. Mm-hmm. So in your process, it's 
getting clarity of, okay, like I'm willing to open my heart again. And if that means I lose again, it's worth the risk because I don't want to walk around protecting myself and miss out on love, miss out on more love. Yes. Yes. And then there's also the forgiveness of the judgments you have against yourself because I could still hear in your voice when you said, you know, people are going to be like, she was married to him. How did she not know? That's your voice. No one else is saying that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So some deep forgiveness for yourself too. And I can imagine, again, it's not something I've ever experienced, but I can imagine that there's a part of you that really feels like you could have done something. And that's hard to reckon with. But from what I know spiritually and professionally, when someone really makes that choice, there's not much anyone can do. And so I think it's time to really deeply, deeply forgive yourself and know that by forgiving yourself, you're not dishonoring him. You're not losing the love. You're just removing these judgments you've been carrying around so that you really can honor him, honor his life, honor your relationship in a way that doesn't involve you beating yourself up. So I've been talking a lot. What's coming up for you? It all, it all makes so much sense. I'm not sure how to put this into practice. I feel that I'm often paralyzed by, by it. And I, and now that you've, you know, you've given me so much clarity, I think I'll no longer be suppressing the thoughts, but how do I deal with that fear when it comes up, especially because it seems to be always there? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So wanting the fear to go away is probably a little unrealistic. It's more about how do you greet the fear? And how I greet the fear is I would, and again, this would have to be your own words, but I greet it like, hello, fear. I understand you're here to protect me and you're doing a good job because that was a really hard loss. It was a really hard loss. And I accept you. I acknowledge you. And I'm wondering if you'd be willing to protect me in a different way. And you kind of have a conversation with the fear or you just acknowledge it and say, you know, this is normal and it doesn't mean I should stop because there's, there's two kinds of fears, right? There's fear that's an alert that says, stop, don't do this. Don't walk down that alley. Don't call that person. Don't take this risk. But then there's the fear that's like, oh, no, 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 something bad may happen again that is working to protect us, but actually isn't a true alarm. Mm -hmm. And you're having the latter. Yes. That's why it's never felt like a real anxiety to me. And I couldn't really pinpoint what it was because it, I understand what, you know, the instinctive fear is right. that we, sh that we feel biologically, but it's never felt like that. And right. Now I can see why. Right. So you just normalize it and you just don't make it mean that you're going in the wrong direction. And there's going to probably be some fear and apprehension. 
you're going into a world, like dating is going back into the world where you experienced your biggest loss. So no amount of pep talk or mindset shift or anything that would be disgracing what you went through. But just don't give it too much power. You can be like, yep, acknowledge it. This is normal. This is rather appropriate given what I've been through. And this isn't the kind of fear that's telling me to stop. I'm going to be courageous because as you know, you've heard me say, courage isn't not having fear. It's moving forward in the faiths of fear. And what, another thing that helps me that you've also heard me say on the show probably is that sometimes it's helpful to come up with a bigger fear. Like for me, when I was navigating my own fear of failing at a relationship again, my bigger fear was being on my deathbed alone, never having been with anyone again. I was like, whoa, that's way scarier. I'd rather have another failed relationship than never try again. So having a bigger fear sometimes helps too. What has often happened is I managed to talk myself out of it due to the fear. So I'll think, well, you know what? I had a great love and despite the ending, it was so worth it and wonderful. So, you know, I could, I could die knowing that at least I had that. And so I usually end up talking myself out of being, you know, Right. But I want you to fast forward to your 90 years old. Mm -hmm. Because it's easy to say at 35. Mm -hmm. But fast forward to 90 years old, never having a family, never celebrating holidays with someone. Do you really still think you'd feel that way? Or do you think there might be a part of you that said, wow, what if I could have had two great loves in my life? Like, wow. How amazing would that have been? Because again, there's no quota. You're allowed more than one love of your life. And the next one could be with you until you die. And to me, that's worth the risk. Yeah. So thank you so much to Christine for sharing your story. I know that loss is never an easy thing to speak about and sharing how your husband died And it was also not easy. So appreciate that vulnerability and always just encourage vulnerability on this show and just in life because anything that we keep in the shadows, shame grows. It's kind of like mold. It grows in the dark. And when we can speak, when we can bring things into the light, we can be held with love and compassion. That's how we, that's how we heal shame. That's how we soften judgment. That's how we allow intimacy in again. And that's one of the things that Christine is protecting herself from is allowing intimacy in. And so her initial question was around the resistance that's coming up around dating. You know, she goes on an app, she feels herself kind of get paralyzed and then it just stops. And sure, I could have given her tips. Sure, I could have given her like get back out there advice. But I just find motivational pep talks never really work all that well. It's really about getting to, okay, why is the resistance there? How is it serving you? And what we got to is there's still a part of her that's so afraid to lose. Of course. I mean, doesn't that make so much sense? Of course she is afraid to open to love again, fall in love again, date again. She lost her husband. So 
it makes perfect sense that there's going to be a part of her that wants to go out and date and open up to love, but there's going to be an even bigger part that's like, whoa, this is how we experience the biggest loss. And then add to it, not only was it a death, but it was a death by taking his own life. Then we have a layer of self-judgment. Then we have a layer of shame. And that perpetuates this idea that I'm damaged goods and no one's going to want me and I have too much baggage. But again, to me, that's just a part of her that knows what to say to her to get her to stop doing something to protect her. So that, that voice and that story around I'm damaged, I have too much baggage, blah, 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 whatever it says is not really accurate. Like it doesn't necessarily believe it. It's just being strategic. It's like, well, what could we say? What could we believe that would keep us from being hurt again? That would keep us from losing again? Ah, got it. We could say we're too damaged. That'll do it. And so then the protective pattern sees, oh, this is working. This is protecting her. She's not putting herself out there. So therefore there's no fear of loss. So we're just going to keep doing it. So she's got to work with that protective part, see it, recognize it, and also work with the forgiveness. And for any of you that are working with a protective part, the only way to get them to shift is to let them know that you're going to work with them to protect yourself in a different way. So maybe how Christine can work with that protective part is really talking to it. I recommend doing the empty chair process with the protective parts. You sit in one chair, the protective parts in the other, you go back and forth and just asking, you know, is there any other way you feel like you could protect me other than kind of sabotaging my dating life by telling me I'm, you know, too much for somebody. And everything she said about the loss and depression and all of that, to any man worthy of her, (laughs) he's going to understand that. And she's had a, a life that has had a tragedy and a trauma and she had to deal with something and move through something that most people in their 20s and 30s do not. And that gives her a depth and a wisdom and a vulnerability that not many people have. And if that is shamed, if that is judged as, oh, you have too much baggage, then that's not the person that she wants to be with. And I say that to any of you, because I know all of you listening, y'all have been through some stuff. You're deep people. You're not shallow end swimmers. You dive deep. And that is valuable. That is an attribute. That is something to be proud of. Anyone who says they're too damaged but is actively working on themselves isn't damaged. You know, we're only quote unquote damaged if we go into victim and never do anything to pull ourselves out. But she's actively working on opening up, on loving again. And that is a beautiful, attractive quality. So the stuff about I'm too damaged, no one's going to want me. It's not true. It's just what the protective part has found works in terms of, oh, this is what I tell her. So she doesn't get hurt again. But this is the thing with love. It's risky. Loving, I swear, is the riskiest thing that we do. Partners, children, even our animals, friends. It's so risky because if we lose that person, that animal, it's devastating. And our heart can want to close because it is so painful. But when we do that, 
we're missing out on the opportunity to love even more. Not to replace, you know, her falling in love again is nothing about replacing her husband, but to continue to lean into our capacity for love because there's no quota on how much we can love in this lifetime or how many loves we can have. Love is infinite. And to deprive ourselves of that ever-expanding infinite love, to me, that's way more risky than losing again. I hope this was helpful for you this week. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.